Peace and blessings be upon you. Welcome to the Ta'lif Podcast, a space where we aim to provide content and connect our spiritual hearts with community, love, service, and prophetic wisdom. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Inna alhamdulillahi na'maduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiruhu wa nasta'hdi'u wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyati a'malina. فمن يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله so when imam ghazali says la yujadiluhu he doesn't debate with him meaning you don't disagree with the teacher in a way that makes him or her uncomfortable with being a teacher and then he says and you don't uh is like you know um he says here in fact i didn't read the entire statement that he doesn't disagree with him on every statement even if you know that she has made a mistake I, I want to talk about this, man. You know, this is about to turn into my support group. So get ready, man. One of the things that should distinguish our community from other communities is that we listen to the speech and we follow the best of it, right? We are not people that are hypercritical about mistakes. If someone makes a mistake, maybe after the talk, after the khutbah, you say to them, you know, I don't think this was a fair statement. This might have been an overgeneralization. You know, I appreciate what you were trying to do there, but I think that was a bit inaccurate. Because when you are hypercritical, you disempower people. And you create context in which people are so afraid of making a mistake that they can hardly benefit anybody. I have seen religious communities where the goal of the community just stay safe. You can't be honest, you can't be open, you can't aspire toward legitimate growth because your goal, just avoid the specter of criticism. That's all I want to do. I just want to go to the masjid and not have anybody say anything about my grooming, nothing about my trousers, nothing about my uncovered head, nothing about my recitation, nothing about the hair sticking out from underneath my hijab. These are things that make religious spaces increasingly toxic. Because the goal is not to communion with God. The goal is not to fellowship with other worshipers. The goal is just to get in and get out without anybody saying anything to me that discredits me. That's all I'm trying to do here. I'm just trying to get in and get out without being criticized. Can you imagine going up in front of an audience or teaching a student and you can't think about how to impart something of value to that student. You're just thinking, how
how can I get through this lesson without the student challenging my legitimacy? Challenging what I know. How can I get through this lesson without feeling like an imposter? You guys want to know something, Shalom? I've observed something. Sometimes I pay attention to things. Even though I'm holding this drink like this, it's just so I've observed something. In Muslim communities, where leaders are always being discredited, where their knowledge is always being called into question. You know what they do? When someone comes to her, when someone comes to him and asks him a question, he gives the hardest, most stringent opinion that he can find. Because he's not concerned about serving that sister. He's not concerned about serving that brother. He's concerned about not being discredited by that sister. He's concerned that if he offers something that is a part of our tradition, but might be lesser known, she will tell somebody what he said. And they will say, what? He doesn't know anything about Islam. He said, what? Where did he study? So what, you, what, what must he do to protect his own legitimacy? The hardest opinion in the book. Hey, take this. Who cares if it ruins your life? Who cares if it destroys your, your, your marriage? I'm trying to keep my job here. Right, so that's what the Imam was talking about here. This is like an expression. It literally says, and he doesn't roll the prayer mat out in front of him, except at the times of prayer. Here, this is an expression that means you don't remind the teacher that you are more pious than her. You're not, you're not, if this is someone that you have taken as a teacher, you don't uh, take every opportunity to show this person I'm more pious than you, right? You don't come in and ask, what did you do last night? Went to sleep. I was praying. I said, you know, Shaykh, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, 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 I'm just giving examples that I've seen of this, right? I mean, I've actually seen people sitting with teachers, telling the teacher, you know, my beard, I only cut what's underneath the fist leg. You don't do that. Why? Right? Why do you dress like that? Why do you, you don't, make a point of showing this person I'm more pious than you. My practice of Islam is more sincere than your practice. I know more than you. I'm better than you. Right? This is not the goal. Your goal is to learn from this person. That's your goal. Your goal is not to show this person, hey, you're not practicing deen at a level as high as I am. How can you learn from someone if you approach them in that way? Right? 
He says, he performs what the teacher orders him to do in terms of works inasmuch as he is able and can bear. So if you're studying with a teacher and um, your goal is to learn from this person, and this person is clearly uh, comfortable with something permissible, but it's something that you yourself don't do, right? I'll give you a practical example. You don't tell them, hey, I don't do that. So like, it's about to get very, very pragmatic. Like eating meat. We know that there are differences of opinion in our community. Some people only eat the behind, and some people regard the meat sold in the restaurants and marketplaces in our city, in our state, in our nation as permissible. Right? It's a difference of opinion. And anyone that thinks that somebody can be censured for either approach does not understand the Messiah. There should be no censuring. Now, me, myself, I, I try as diligently as possible to only eat the behind. But I have teachers that will go to McDonald's and order a Big Mac. Hey, let me get a Big Mac. Okay. Do you think I'm going to say to them, stop for the Russian Muhammad, you eat that? You, you just go to the supermarket and just buy meat from the, 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 the frozen food section? I always go to Devon. <laughs> I only go to Devon. In fact, I like to have my meat slaughtered in front of me so I can ensure that the person said, Bismillah, you eat Arby's? <laughs> and I'm supposed to be learning from you? <laughs> How can I learn anything from anybody? I've had teachers that this is a real thing, subhanAllah, you take that position. I was taught a different position, right? You know, something that I've observed, yeah. I should entitle this class Observations. Every Muslim community has certain points of practice that they amplify, and then certain points of practice that they don't focus on as intended. Every Muslim community. So we know we're talking about like the you know South Asian community, the Asian community, meat. They're serious about this. And a friend of mine said he went to dinner with a brother. The brother ordered red wine. He said he ordered steak, and the brother said, that's hot. The red wine was hot. Well, you know, the meat is definitely plain. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, right? But that, that, that's, a, that's a point of amplification for that community. It's also a point of identification for that community. This is very, very, very strict about this, right? Um, the African American Muslim community. Not saying in 100% of cases. But this is a community in which it is more rare to find a Muslim that smokes cigarettes. 
There's some African American Muslims that smoke cigarettes. But when you see it, it's something of note. Subhanallah, you smoke cigarettes. A lot of other Muslim communities, that's no, that's no people smoke cigarettes, right? It's a, it's a point of a point of amplification. It's a point of, you know, uh, it's a point of uh, emphasis. And like the auto community, praying in the masjid, mashallah. If you go to Salat al-Fajr at the Northern Park Prayer Center or Mosque Foundation, and it looks like some of our Jumans, <laughs> like we go, we go to Fajr at, at Bridgeview, I'm like, this Fajr or Juma? Because so many people come to the masjid for Subah. It's, it's, a, it's a point of amplification, it's a point that in this community, this is taken very, very seriously. And then, in those communities, you also have things that are not taken as seriously. Things that are said, oh, you know, it's a part of Islam. You know, we, don't, we don't make a big deal of it. Right? If you encounter someone who's teaching you something, and there's some part of being that you really, you know, are very scrupulous concerning, and them less so. Just know that that can also be flipped. If there might be something that they are very scrupulous about, and you less so. My position concerning that is a little more relaxed. I really don't, I don't, I'm not very strict about that, but I am very particular about that. Why are you surprised that for this person, they're very strict about that? Maybe they're a little more relaxed about that, right? He continues. He says, As for the inward respect, He says, As for the inward respect, it is that what you hear from your teacher, from your sheikh, from your, your mentor, your spiritual mentor, you accept it inwardly and outwardly. Now here, this is important. He's not referring to something of the tradition, like the sheikh says something is haram, and you know it to be halal, right? No, no. If you have someone that you have given the task of telling you the truth about your weaknesses, when they tell you, do not reject what they tell you. This is what you have asked this person to do. You've asked them, this is, if you take somebody as a spiritual mentor, you have asked them, point my weaknesses out to me. When they say to you, you need to work on your patience. Do not lie you kill. Don't reject it. Right? Uh, he says something that I love. He says, you know, it's interesting that whenever somebody praises us, we never tell the person that they don't really know us. If someone says, you know, you're a very thoughtful person, you don't really know me. How do you know? Said no one ever. You're a very generous person. You've only been with me a couple of days. I 
generous. We say what? <laughs> you know this, huh? It's good to know you're paying attention. Mashallah. That's my favorite. You know, you know, one, one of my one of my ice-breaking jokes whenever I do weddings is that marriage exposes the false humility in all of us. Because when we're reading a profile or hearing about what someone is looking for and they arrive at the part of the profile that reads, good Muslim, we all say, what, that's me? Nobody ever says, man, I thought we had some compatibility until she said sincere practicing Muslim. Clearly, I'm disqualified. No one ever says that. Sincere practicing Muslim. Here I am. She's looking for a good brother, strong in his team, generous, good character. Here I am. Right? But then Ibn Sa'ala said, whenever somebody criticizes us, whenever someone tells us something about us that we don't want to hear or are unprepared to accept, we find every way to reject their statement, right? First, we, how do, you, don't, you don't even know me. The best is what, who are you? Who are you? Who are you to say that to me? Sometimes we even engage in ad hominem attacks. So look at you. You don't even eat the beer. So the person is telling you, you need to work with your patients a little bit. You need to eat the beer. How can you, how can you benefit from this person? Right? When they tell you, listen, you know, Imam Shafi'i was known for his good character. And someone once asked Imam Shafi'i, how did you attain such good character? And he said, by taking my critics seriously. Meaning when somebody had a criticism of me, rather than rejecting it, rather than distorting it, rather than refusing to accept it, I sat with it. And then I worked on it. You know, um, I've said this many times in this space, but it seems apt to say it again. When I think about the biggest impediment to my own spiritual growth, it is definitely defensiveness. It's just defensiveness. Whenever something critical or some complaint is lodged about something I've done, I always rush to defend myself. No, 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 you don't understand. No, you, you, you're not seeing this the right way. Wait, wait, hold on. No, wait, wait, wait. Who are you? One of my friends, he told me, he said, why are you being so defensive? He said, were you under the presumption that you were perfect before somebody pointed one of your weaknesses out to you? Were you laboring under this false pretense that you were perfect? Because I would expect you to have some uh, sense of your reality that I know I'm not. So the only thing a person highlighting a weakness of yours is really doing is just helping you to see where those imperfections are. He says, 
وإلا يتسم بالنفاق. If you are a person that pretends to accept the counsel of your role model, but you inwardly reject that counsel, yetesima bitnifak, then you can be described with hypocrisy. You know, there's so many hadith of the Prophet that if the Sahaba were people that just said the right thing, just pretended to say what was expected of them, we would not have the hadith of the Prophet that we have. The Prophet once said to Omar, he said, Ya Omar, la yuminu ahadukum kamilan hatta akuna ahabba ilayhi min malihi wa abnaihi wa zawjatihi wa nasi jami'an hatta nafsi. He said, Omar, none of you really believes completely until I am more beloved to him or her than any worldly attainment, than their own children, than their spouse, than all of the people, and even his or her own self. Now, if the Prophet said something like that to you, what would you say? You would say, I love you in that way, I'm there. You know what Sayyidina Omar said to him? He said, Ya Rasulullah, I know that I love you more than any amount of money. And I know that I love you more than I love my children. I love you more than I love my wife. I love you more than I love all of the other people. But I don't love you more than I love myself. Right? I think my wife was listening to this and she said, does that mean that he loved himself more than he loved his wife? <laughs> I said, that's not the point of that. <laughs> that's not what we're negotiating here. It was his willingness to tell the truth. No, because they were concerned that their inward states and their outward, you know, what they manifested of those states matched. He wasn't going to say, yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. If it wasn't, if it wasn't reflected internally, right? If someone says to you, because look, let's face it, you're back. Let's face it. All of us know how to feign deference. All of us know how to do that. Somebody says something to you and you say what? Hmm, I really need to think about that shit. I really need to work on that. Does that mean that you have really internalized? Does that mean that you have really committed to engaging that introspection? No, you're thinking what? You don't even know what you're talking about when you ask us. Hmm, patience. That is something that I struggle with, yes. Yeah, right. You close the, you walk out, you close the door, don't even think about it again. 
No, even with Zaddy, he's saying, don't just accept the counsel of a spiritual mentor outwardly. Yeah, 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 I need, I need to work on that. Sure, sure, sure. But you reject it inwardly. No, accept it outwardly and inwardly. Outwardly, you know, display that deference. Mm. And inwardly, accept what you are being advised toward. Accept it. He said, he says, and if this is your state, if you're a person that, you know, you learn from someone, but you just say what's expected of you, but you don't do any real hard work, you don't actually put these lessons into practice, then leave this teacher until your inward and your outward match. Then come back, right? You know, one of the things that I find really interesting about the companions of the Prophet is that they did not worry about having a surfeit of knowledge. They did not worry about You might be shocked. I'm gonna say something here that is controversial, but I actually believe it to be true. There are some of the technical details, some of the vocabulary, some of the um, you know, niceties of tafsir and things like that, that you know that even if you went to say the Abu Bakr and you asked him, hey, uh, uh, can, you, can you explain Tawheed to me? Do you know what he might say to you? I've never heard that term before. The word Tawheed, the oneness of God, was not a term used in the context of the Prophet Right? Tawheed as a, as a concept. The idea of Wahid Allah, like make Allah one, but Tawheed, and it has categories, this is, this is Tawheed, you know, Uluhiyya, Urububiyya, Wahid. If you were to say to Abu Bakr and said to him, what is Tawheed Ulubi? What is Tawheed Ulubi? Right, the you know, divine unicity in, in Godhead, and divine unity, he would have no clue what you were even referring to because they were not people who knew about God. They were people who knew God, right? These weren't people that were theologians, you know, walking around with, you know, all of this formal knowledge. These were people that had realized the meanings of the Book of Allah. They had realized what was expressed in the Sunnah of the Prophet I say that to say, it's not about how much you know. You know, that, 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 that's one of the real challenges of living in the information age. Everything for us is quantifiable. How much you know. You know, even when we think about someone's learning, we say, how long did they spend abroad? It's much more, what did they learn? How long they were overseas? 
maybe someone was over there for four years, maybe she benefited more than someone who was over there 20 years. But we, we think about knowledge in, uh, you know, in terms of quantity. We don't think, you know, look, I'm gonna make another bold statement. I bet you, if all of us, now I'm not trying to discourage you from coming here. I will not, I enjoy your coming. But I bet if all of us were able to just practice what we know of this religion, meaning if you stopped what we know, meaning the Quran that we know, the moral principles that we know, the hadith that we know, and we could learn another thing from now until the day we die, I'd be willing to bet my right arm that just with that knowledge alone, if we put it all into practice, we would all be friends of God. I'm willing to bet my right arm because it's not about how much you know. It's about what you have done with what you know. What have you done with what you know? You know, some of the Sahaba, they were very simple people. Not all of them were masters of the Quran. Not all of them were masters of Hadith. Not all of them were masters of Arabic. What distinguishes the people of that generation? Just one thing, ikhlas. Sincerity. That's it. Just the class. Just sincerity. A person that wanted their actions and their beliefs to match. You know, the word integrity, the word integrity, in English, it means wholeness, right? An integer which is from the same root as integrity, is a whole number. A person has integrity when what they believe and what they do matches. Imam is simply saying, look, don't, don't accept what is said to you outwardly or reject it inwardly. You won't benefit from that, right? Try to accept it outwardly and don't just say, hmm, that's something I really need to think about. Right? Every married person knows what I'm talking about. We do it all the time. I'm stuck. Hmm. I really need to, you know what? I really need to think about that. But are you really thinking about it? Are you really turning inward and being introspective? Or are you just pretending to turn inward? I know how to make a face that appears that I'm really considering what you're saying. I've already jettisoned. I've already jettisoned what you're saying. But I look like I'm accepting. Don't do that. Right? بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر 
إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصب الحق وتواصب الصبر سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين Thank you for tuning in. Please consider becoming a monthly sustainer by joining 1,000 Hearts of Ta'lif and committing to give $3 a day to keep this work coming to seekers, youth, and newcomers to Islam. Sign up today at www.ta'lifcollective.org forward slash donate. We hope you enjoyed the variety of sessions available and hope you benefit immensely. Allah bless you and Allah bless your loved ones.